Hi, welcome to another episode of Rod Talks. I have a really special guest today. He's been a friend of mine. I've been watching him on Facebook for a long time, and we really have not got to meet each other, but uh, we've been friends on Facebook for quite a while. <laughs> His name is Andrew Ecker. I said it right, right? Yeah, you did. Actually, oh. good. I, I actually <laughs> got the name right. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Uh, this man has uh, been a very inspirational person to me. I watched him go through a lot of different things. Uh, it's interesting is that uh, as I've been following your career and that and just watching you grow and grow and grow and that, it just it has made me actually want to do things myself, you know. And mm. and you've inspired me in a lot of ways, and I'm so happy to have you here oh thank you you're welcome absolutely yeah. that's and he brought me a book this book awesome the sacred seven mm. this is a great book i actually was reading it and i wanted to buy it and the interesting thing was is you showed up with one <laughs> <laughs> so tell me what about this beautiful book the sacred seven uh so I kind of grew up in a household where I found out I was Indian basically from behind a bottle of whiskey. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, I came home from school and kids were asking me, you know, what are you? What, you know, what race are you? Right. You know, like these questions you get at a certain age in school, you know, I mean, I think I was, I was probably second or third grade, Wow. you know, when this happened, this was in Portland, Oregon. Right. And I was just a, a young guy. You know, Portland was a totally different place than it is now. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, people in my neighborhood that I grew up in, they didn't look like any of my family. Right. They didn't eat the same foods that we ate. Uh, basically, we were all New Mexico transplants. Um, my mom's side lived in a little town right outside um, the Mescalero Reservation called Capitan. Capitan. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Lincoln County. Yep. Kind of really known for uh, uh, hiding Billy the Kid. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, that's, he, yep, that's he, absolutely. Yeah, so it's a, you know, really tiny, tiny little town. So my family, uh, this is my mom's side of my family, which we'll get to my dad's side as we go. Uh, yeah, this was my first encounter with race. So I asked my grandfather, you know, I'm like, Grandpa, what, you know, what am I? And he tells me that I'm a, a renegade Apache. That's what his words Oh, wow. Are. You know, and uh, Grandpa, you know, was dealing with his own demons. You know, right. he had come back from Vietnam and Korea, and, you know, he had a struggle with alcoholism. Exactly. Um, and that, that kind of trauma from the war really, you know, came home with him. And, right, right. You know, he's telling me this from behind a bottle of whiskey with a cigarette in his mouth. Oh, wow. And uh, that was kind of my first uh, introduction into being uh, Apache, being Native American. And I, I really didn't know what it meant. You know, I, um, I grew up uh, in a home where both of my parents were addicted to drugs. My mom died of a cocaine overdose. My father died of cirrhosis of the liver caused by hepatitis C. Oh, so wow. spirituality and living that life that I'm living now wasn't even in focus for me. Exactly. Uh, it wasn't anything that I really understood. Uh, you know, my grandma occasionally would uh, walk me through some Catholic prayers and, and kind of tell me a little bit about the mysticism, uh, you know, that New Mexico is known for, this Catholic indigenous mysticism. Exactly. Um, but it really wasn't, you know, in, in my focus. Uh, so, you know, these questions came up in me and started me on a, a pretty much a lifelong journey, you know, that uh, that Apache identity came through in 
in my life. It was a very strong kind of warrior idea right, inside right. of my mind. You know, all these stereotypical things that Absolutely. you see on television. Right, exactly. You know, the stereotype of the, the savages and, and these kind of things. And then my mom was taking me to shoplift, you know, as a little boy. Holy so Toledo. this was like wow. reinforcing these right. ideas, you know, and, and violence in my home and dealing with PTSD and all the different struggles that I had as a child. So there was this whole, you know, real kind of, um, I guess, uh, you know, I, I want to call it a conflict in self-identity. You know, that's really what I, I, I'd like to share. So the Sacred Seven is that journey. Um, it's coming into the process of recognizing myself as not only, you know, my mom's side, which is my Native American side, but also my Irish-German side, how that really is is a part of my identity, how my parents are a part of my identity, how all of those things really transform the mess into my message. You know, wow. like how Absolutely. how can I find the medicine in all of that? Absolutely. Um, and it's, it's quite a journey, you know, to get to the place that I'm at here. So that's the basis of, of the book. Now, also inside of that conversation of this personal journey is like, how do we as people really step back to this identity where we include our ancestors right. that we include the earth itself you know this is something that i feel is is synonymous with indigenous communities throughout the world um even if you've ever traveled to asia or latin america sometimes they'll have pictures of the grandma or the grandpa on the wall that are burning incense and giving offerings to that ancestral connection so there's, right. there's definitely something there that in our contemporary culture we really don't spend the time to understand right we, we don't really go that deep into our identity to really uh begin to create a relationship with that space so this is a journey into my own self-healing my own right. transformational understanding of identity and then i give a prescription to people in the book wow. um how you can begin to utilize uh this this form of self-identity right. that really came into focus in um and it's at the beginning of the book. I was invited to the Navajo Nation um, to do a uh, transformational healers conference. And I was invited there to do a drum circle. Well, I did the drum circle. But then afterward, there was a man that invited a group of us to go back to his hogan. This is a traditional um, Navajo home. Right. Um, yep. Kind of looks like a, a stop sign. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, that's yeah, kind of the shape of it yes. with a fireplace in the middle. Yep. And he invited us there and I'm sitting in this um, this Hogan and there's all these people that are there from the conference, you know, gathering, but also some elders from the tribe came. And as they sat down, it was like an energetic shift, you know, growing up the way I grew up and also having gifts spiritual gifts that maybe your audience can relate to of empathy and right you know every time a person walks into the room you kind of feel that absolutely and yep. when these native american elders these uh dene navajo elders sat down there was a shift you know it was like uh uh the water was to the brim and then a, a stone <laughs> was added and it was overflowing and then you know i felt something even deeper when they introduced themselves uh you know they they introduced themselves to not only the group of people, but also to the space itself. Right. And that traditional introduction is something that I practiced in my own life. And it's an out, it's outlined in the book. Um, I didn't grow up with the language, but I've taught myself how to introduce myself in the language. And I'd, I'd love to share that yeah. to the could audience. You, you could know, you, it's, yeah, uh, please? It's something that's very personal to me, you know, not growing up with the traditional 
language of my ancestors. Right. Uh, but it's something that I've, I'm trying to practice as yeah. best as I can. So it's Dogate Andrew Eger Yenishe, Adona E Nishinigi E Ide Nishe, Irish Bashachin, Ide Dashache, German Dashanali, Akote Go E Tishli E Portland, Oregon Inasha, Shema E Kathy Lindsay Warrior, Shaza E Del Eker Wole. So basically what wow. I'm saying is is my name is Andrew Ecker. My mother, Kathy Lindsay, my father, Dale Ecker. My mother's mother, Elva Gallegos, Apache woman from New Mexico. My father's mother, Evelyn Beatty, an Irish woman from Pennsylvania. My mother's father, Leroy Lindsay, Apache man from Arkansas. My father's father, Wayne Ecker, German from Pennsylvania. And then I usually bring in my daughter and my right. fiance, my, my daughter, uh, Bailey, my son, mm -hmm. Peyton, and my fiance, Monica. So this is really a way of, of understanding self-identity right. that's extremely powerful for the listeners. It's, it's exactly. something that, that can really help them in their lives uh, begin to understand who they really are and where their medicine is. Um, us as individuals growing up in our contemporary culture, I mean, I remember, what are you going to be when you grow up? You know, these ideas that were not enough already. Right. And then we begin to hyper-focus on this idea that we're a job. So we associate ourselves with a behavior, right? right. Something that we do. Right. Uh, and then we elect people because they tell us that they will give us a job. Right. Exactly. You know, it's not based around uh, the idea of quality of life as much as we have created this identity that's associated with work. Absolutely. You are what you do. Mm, yes. And if you look at like kind of the European narrative, right, right, you have individuals that were born as a smith, born as a carpenter, yep. born as a parson, a singer, yep. all, all of these ideas. And basically, this goes back to the tax ledger, right? Um, when one king of a land or a landlord would want to take more land, he would go and borrow money right. from another landlord. Exactly. And he would he would borrow money against his lands, but also the people yep. in the land. Absolutely. And this is something that is has been brought into our our daily lives as well. This is our social security numbers. Right. Um, Absolutely. You know, a lot of people don't understand, but uh, you know, the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, and all of these world banks, and uh, these are some of the ways that uh, institutional governments borrow money Absolutely. back and forth, and uh, really, the the heart of that is based around the acceptance of an identity. Right. Um, so when we talk about self-identity, not only are we talking about personal transformation, uh, but we're also getting into societal and cultural transformation Absolutely. as well. Yeah, that's funny that you brought that up is because my last name being Lyman, that it's from France, from Landman. We were, we owned land. And it was interesting is that our last name was because of what we did. So we're about landmen, and it's that's interesting that uh, you bring that up. And, and it's the, the culture that we are in is that we have to believe that we are something special instead of just a monetary value for somebody else. And I that's I believe my heart exactly what you're saying is that that's the culture that we have to believe is that we are individual, but we are one yet in, in all aspects. Mm. And, and, but we're not a monetary value to anybody else, but our own selves. Mm, yes, I, I'm very impressed with this. This is this is beautiful. I mean, I I can't wait to dig in and read this book. I, I really can't. Uh, um, and I think we're going to have to have more 
talks on, on another podcast about more about the book and get a little deeper into it, man. Because I want to talk to you about your drumming sounds. Oh, sweet. Okay? Yeah, that's my that's one of my passions. Absolutely. I, I you know, I every time you do a live or something, I, I always listen to it and it's really interesting is that um I actually put it on before I go to sleep because it's a, you know, yeah, the, yeah. the pitter patter. I just right? love that. And I just kinda like somber off to sleep and everything is it's so beautiful to even listen to and that and i follow you and, and everything I, I just love it what got you that rhythm that that how did you learn the rhythm of it mm. you know this is uh interesting because when i think about the drum i mm. think about relationship oh nice um you know i think about my relationship to the planet i think right. about my relationship to energy to the infinite intelligence, to source, all of those things really are a part of that relationship that I have to the drum. Right. Um, the drum came into my life. Uh, I was basically 18 years old. I graduated high school. I played in band, and I actually right, was right. a trombone player. Uh, no you know, kidding. Band. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, but I was invited. Um, I had been living in a little neighborhood here in Arizona, right. little barrio kind of neighborhood called Suntown. Oh, yeah. And uh, these people invited me, you know, I'd been traveling back and forth to Oregon. And uh, yeah, this was back, you know, growing up the way that I grew up, of course, around the drug culture and all right. of those things. You know, this was back before uh, kind of the transformation that's happened in my life. So I was around a lot of marijuana. Right. And uh, I had started to transport marijuana from Arizona to Oregon. Oh my gosh. And while I was doing this, right, I, I ran into these people in Oregon and they had dreadlocks and long hair and um, they invited me to this drum circle and I didn't know what that meant. Oh wow. Uh, you know, growing up in the neighborhood I grew up in, it was all vadio culture, gang culture. Right, right. My dad had a gang name uh, in our neighborhood. It's really interesting because my Native American kind of brown family you know, was in Portland, Oregon. And then my father is European, you know, uh, from Pennsylvania, German, Irish uh, family was in a barrio in, in Phoenix. So, you know, I grew up brown in a white neighborhood in Portland, Oregon <laughs> yeah. and white in a brown neighborhood <laughs> in, you know, Phoenix. So right, it was, right. you know, really a, a lot of understanding of how to fit in right. in that space. So as I get to Oregon and I'm you know, hanging out with these kids on the street and I'm, you know, around this whole marijuana drug thing. And they invite me to come up to this drum circle. So I go up there and I, I see something that I had never seen before. You know, I, I seen a window into culture and I still remember it as we're talking about it. I can see the people dancing around the fire. Uh, actually, it wasn't fire. It was a couple of lanterns that people had brought. And they were in the middle of the circle. And, and no, no there was, yeah, there was people dancing in the light of those lanterns. And I, I remember it so vividly because it was such a transformational experience for me. It seemed like these people were safe. Right. Uh, you know, around the violence and the gang culture of the 90s and that whole um, time frame. It was, it was a very dangerous time for a lot of people. And I was one of those people that was in that, that whole culture. Wow. So when I came and encountered these long-haired, you know, drum-playing <laughs> songs you know dancing i was like wow this feels safe uh and it was the first time really in my life that i i felt that from a group of people right i mean even going to parties and uh you know keggers and desert parties and i mean in the 90s a lot of times they would end with you know gunshots right, and things yeah. like that so it was 
very transformational experience. And I fell in love with the drum. And I also fell in love with that experience of making music with people. Uh, it really, when that teacher came into my life, it began to mold me, began right. to transform me, even just by the rhythm, you know, the vibration. It was carrying so much medicine for me. And I really feel as we grow in relationship to the drum, the drum is giving us so much that we honestly can't always process it. Um, that vibration is carrying information from the planet. It's carrying right. information from the universal consciousness. It's all being delivered through that drum beat. And that's why so many indigenous communities throughout the world have used music and song as a way of connecting to the plants, to the air, the water, the fire, the earth. All of it comes from that space. So the contemporary drum circle is a vehicle for us to begin to utilize this ancient technology right. that really is, is transformational. It helps people that have a disconnect in their lives, like myself. You know, I didn't grow up with the culture. Um, now, you know, I participate in activities that are more associated with my Native American heritage. But back then, it was like, how do I even begin to understand that? Exactly. So the drum circle really came in as that kind of, you know, friend. Yeah. Uh, for me. And now, you know, 20 plus years later, <laughs> yeah. right? Nin 1994 was when that happened. Uh, now I'm facilitating anywhere from one to five drum circles a day professionally, mostly in hospitals, mostly right. in um, psych, uh, behavioral lockdowns. We work in memory care, skilled nursing, uh, long-term care, right. uh, a lot of hospitalized people, but we also do schools and corporate team building and birthday parties and, and yeah, just using music and drug rehabilitation facilities. In fact, after this, I'm going right. to Native American yeah. Connections, Patina Wellness Center, one of the largest Native American drug rehabilitation facilities, alcohol, what's a, right. a wellness center, but right. the focus is on rehabilitation. Uh, we have a number of different clients in the Valley that we've worked with, and they're one of uh, the places that we go to twice a month. We do four drum circles for them a month. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's it's, crazy. Man. It's so exciting. It is. You know, um, really where we're at with drumming as a healing modality right. is basically where yoga was in the 60s. Absolutely. You know, it's like the beginning of a huge movement, international right. movement. Uh, you know, even 10 years ago, if you were to Google drum circle, you know, from what people have told me, it was pictures of the Venice Beach drum circle. Absolutely. Yep. And, uh, you know, actually somebody who got assaulted or something like that was the main thing. Absolutely. That was yep. the news story. You know, now you Google drum circle and the first thing that comes up is the healing effects of drumming. Absolutely. Um, yep. And really the community has looked for resources. You know, yep. Doctors have looked for it. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. trained in an evidence-based healing modality called health rhythms. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Developed by that. a psycho neuroimmunologist and a music therapist. That is awesome. Yeah. I grew up in South Dakota and nice. we weren't invited to a lot of the drum circles because it was very much Native American and we would be an outside participant and watch, but we never were invited into it because of the, the, how do you say it? Uh, it was such a specifics of the rhythm. And I never understood that until I moved to Arizona and I got to participate in a drum circle. And I, I'm not a very good dancer. I don't have very good rhythm. I mean, I grew up in the disco era, you know, so we just pointed and, and that was all we did basically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but so the, my first drumming circle that I went to in that, 
it was out of this world. I, I stepped into a whole different dimension. And it was so healing, I had no idea what had happened to mm -hmm. me. Now, I've been on shamanic journeys and everything else and that, but you never understand what it's like to experience a drumming circle until you just let yourself go and be there and mm -hmm. allow it. And I love what you said about it being a relationship and relationship to the earth and everything else, because that's what it ended up being is I just followed whatever I felt like I needed to you know, do. And it nice. just, it, it made, it made it beautiful. Yes, it, it is. It's extremely beautiful. You know, like one of the things that when we talk about a drum circle, right, what are we really talking about? We're talking about so much, right? There's a uh, ethnocentric drumming. There's shamanic drumming, right? There's uh, what we do, which is an evidence-based healing modality. Right. Uh, there's just so many aspects of how you can utilize that tool, that teacher, the drum, to really transform people's lives. Absolutely. And for those of us that haven't encountered that, that haven't actually stepped into that space and haven't been able to feel and know what it is to be in a communal experience that isn't based around perfect music. Right. Uh, it's really based around the experience, the totality of that space. Absolutely. It is so freeing. And yep. it's a, a very important part of wellness um, that yes. so many people overlook. Yep. Uh, and I feel like what we're doing with drumming sounds and what so many people are doing throughout the world to get the music into hospitals, to get it into communities, to get it into schools, all of those places, we're at a very transformational point. Uh, in the collective consciousness. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, you said it right there is that uh, such as Reiki or any other type of energy work and that that was ousted for so many years and it was only a particular amount of people were able to do Reiki and that we found how healing energy and frequency and everything is. And now the, with the drums and everything else in that, the healing of the frequency of the drums mm -hmm. and the sounds and, and being able to just leave. In a sense, you know, when our spirit leaves the body, that's when the healing begins. And that was when the first time I touched the canvas of the drum, you know, mm. I felt that. I felt my spirit just take off and leave. And it was so remarkable because it was a healing process. It was so healing. It was, it just, I'm so happy to have you here because I, you need to spread the word about what you do and who you are and everything else and where you came from because. Mm. This is this is true identity. What a drum taught me was that we're not the same person when we came into the room. We're mm -hmm. not the same person we were a year ago. We're not the same person we were 10 years ago. And that was the first time I touched the drum. That's what I realized. Mm. I'm no longer who I was in the past. I am who I am now. And I, that's that's one of the reasons I, I followed you. I just love what you do and everything else. Oh, well, that. thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. So do you do any other type of work with the drums and that? Do you do any shamanic uh, uh, journeying or anything else with that? Well, it, really, for me, sh shamanism and these terminologies right. are somewhat culturally specific. Absolutely, yes. And I tend to stay um, kind of in my lane. You know, when it comes to like how the drum can be utilized in a, a clinical setting, Absolutely. how it can be utilized in hospitals. Now, we use terminology like guided imagery drumming. Perfect. Um, and we use terminology like inclusivity. Um, we create an environment where almost anyone can participate. 
So I can I can utilize those terms of, of shamanic drumming, but really I feel more comfortable saying I'm trained in guided imagery. I love that. Um, and the utilization of sound. Now, in that space, I've experimented with something that I call vibrational programming. Very nice. And this is something that came to me while I was doing a drum circle in a clinical setting, I'm in a hospital, mm -hmm. and I'm hitting the drum. And at this point in my kind of walk with the drum, I used to send healing to people. And I would hit the drum and I would psychically send healing. And I would literally say it in my mind. So I'm hitting the drum and I'm sending it around the circle. It gets to this woman who has a tracheotomy and two caregivers. And she's in a bed. Oh, wow. And the, the drum is on her stomach. Right. She's hitting the drum. So I hit the drum and I send healing to her. And I immediately hear her muffled voice because she had introduced herself by saying her name and playing a sound on the drum prior to this. Right. I hear her voice say... Who are you to tell me I need healing? I'm healing the people who are next to me. Oh, my gosh. I love it. That's amazing. So it was wow. like, you know, it felt like God had kind of slapped me upside Absolutely. the head. Her spirit had connected to me on a psychic level. Absolutely. And in doing that, I was able to realize that if I'm walking the path of a healer, I'm also creating the followers as the sick. So Absolutely. there are things going on in the interdimensional space, <laughs> the spiritual space, Absolutely. you know, what you want to call it, the, the life path of these individuals yep. that are really my teachers. Right. You know, they're the people that teach me some of life's greatest wisdoms. So searching for a place in which I can bring agreement to the community, right. I found that the vibrational frequency within programming vibration of love and gratitude. Right. is really something that we can all agree upon. Absolutely. And as we step into that place of infinite gratitude, of infinite love, we can utilize the technology that our ancestors created inside of the container of collective consciousness Absolutely. and fortification through rhythm. Yep, absolutely. So you know I do frequency meditations. I don't know if you knew that, mm -hmm. but I do frequency meditations. And I've been studying a lot about uh, what the frequencies are in that. And they have actually taken, I think it's called a uh, something graph. I can't even remember the name of it. It doesn't matter. But they measure the frequencies. And they measure the frequency of a drumming circle. And it was really amazing that it started out at 90 hertz before they even started. Our bodies are about 75 hertz frequency in that. But inside the, the drumming circle before it started was at 90 hertz. As soon as they started playing in that, it jumped up to 500 hertz just like that. Before it was all of a sudden done that, they were well over 100,000 hertz. And cancer dies between 100,000 hertz and 400,000 hertz. And so they're finding out that this frequency coming off of these drums and that will actually help with killing cancer. And, that. Mm. and it's really interesting is because they're, they're talking about the channeling of the energy that once you become one with the drum, one with the earth, one with God and everything else and that, that's what creates the highest frequency out there. And it's really interesting. They say if you can uh, be in God's grace, it's 30, 39.7 megahertz to be in God's grace. And that's being as highest channeling you can get. And they're talking about how drumming circles actually can bring God's grace close to earth. Mm. And it was, it's really, it was really interesting read that I kind of wanted to share that with you because yeah, that's that's really amazing. You know, of course, I've had that experiential evidence in my life. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And being in that space, uh, there's a terminology called entrainment. 
Yes. And so Christian Hugin, who was a scientist in the 1600s, he put pendulum clocks on the wall. And he swung the pendulums at different times. Right. And eventually, over a period of time, all of the pendulums began to swing together. Together, yeah. So this was, for him, evidence of this process of entrainment. So this is one thing synchronizing itself to a community. So we see it in nature. We see birds that fly. Sure. In, they're synchronized. We see schools of fish. Also in dance, when you get a group of people dancing together, they can synchronize themselves. Yep. And, of course, with music and drumming. It's a very powerful tool, and we can do more in that space Absolutely. than we can by ourselves. Absolutely. I see it all the time. You know, we'll go into hospitals, and we'll set the drum down in front of someone, and the nurses will literally come over, and they'll say, oh, they won't play. You know, and this is what we're up against on a psychic level. Right. Because they're creating a metaphysical architecture that they're holding for those individuals. Yep. I, I've come up with some terminologies that maybe... A lot of people aren't familiar with, but I know your audience probably understands when I say metaphysical architecture, right, I'm yes. talking about the space that the individual is holding in their mind. Yeah, yep. Now, there's also a collective metaphysical architecture that's associated with the agreement of the institution. Right. And that, in turn, can actually create an entity. Right. You yes. Know, and this is something that we can talk about as well, because there's an access point into the density of that frequency. So when we begin to step into this space, where right. we, we utilize frequency, we utilize sound, we utilize the rhythm of the drum, we baffle the institution, we Absolutely. baffle the nurses, the doctors, the institutional people. I mean, I've been in circles. This one time I was in a, a lockdown facility, multiple different doors I have to go through, not just one door. I'm talking multiple doors. I get back there. It's a women's facility. I sit down. And I start drumming. Well, this woman comes over and she sits down almost in my lap. The activity coordinator, the person who hires me, she comes over and she whispers in my ear and she says these words. She says, don't worry about her. She's a wanderer. She won't be there long. <laughs> this is what yep. she is literally calling this human being Absolutely. that's suffering in an institution. She's labeled her as a wanderer. Absolutely. That's a space that that person is, is holding. They're right. looking at the behaviors of yesterday. You know, as the drum taught you, that you're not yesterday, you're yep. not tomorrow, you're today. Exactly. That's the space that we hold. Yep. And I hold that architecture for the individuals that come into our circle. And when she came into the circle, she sat down. I start drumming. Next thing you know, she starts singing. The activity coordinator jumps up <laughs> and goes and gets the head of nursing. She goes and gets all of the administrators. They're now looking in the hallway at me drumming with this right. woman and her jaw is down. Yeah. At the end of the circle, she comes over, grabs me by both arms, and she says, Andrew, I don't know if you know what just happened, but that woman, I have worked here for seven years, and she has never sought, sat through an activity. Oh in fact, she's never even said anything to anyone. No kidding. I love stories like that. That's an amazing story. It really is. And it is. You hit it on the nose about synchronicities and, and uh, dimensional walkers and everything else. I mean... That's what it is. You've you've hit everything on it. It's I know you're not the same person that you were many years ago. You are totally different. You can see it in your eyes, you can see it in the energy that you carry. You're you're a vibrant, loving person. And it's oh, really you. Sort of, you have a rhythm of your own, which is just amazing. I, I love it. So we gotta kinda wrap things up here and everything else, but um tell us where they can find you. Okay, that's um they can get the book for free. At thesacred7.com. Wow. 
Yeah, there's a free PDF downloadable copy. If you want a signed copy with a personal message, you can also order one there. Uh, the PDF. Where's my signed copy? Yours is 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 coming. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually. I can't. You know, I was in a rush getting over here. Gotcha, um, if they want to learn more about drumming and drum circle facilitation, right. they can check out our Facebook page, Drumming Sounds. We're also drummingsounds.com if they'd like to book us for a conference. Oh, we have a webinar coming up that I'd like to share with the audience. Oh, I'm training people now in drum circle facilitation. That's awesome. Uh, they get to come out here, spend a week with us, do multiple different engagements. It's a whole awesome training package, equipment, gear. It's a lifestyle using sound to heal. Oh, and we want that to go around the world. Absolutely. So we're helping people start their own professional drum circle facilitation businesses. That is awesome. Wow. Um, so again, it's drummingsounds.com, uh, on Facebook, drumming sounds, uh, and then sacred seven.com, right? Sacred seven.com for yeah, the book. For they the can book. get a free yes. copy there. I love it. Absolutely. Well, any, well, I just want to tell you, you look great. Thanks. Andrew's been working out. I've been watching and following him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah it's like he, he put his weight on Facebook, how much he started out with. And that is like, Ooh, that's how much I weigh. <laughs> so secretly I've been, you know, in a contest. Oh, with you. great, be, be, man. Behind your back, That's you sweet. have no idea. Nice. And you're winning, by the way. Uh, <laughs> well, so, we motivate each other. Absolutely. Yeah. Even secretly, we motivate each other. Man. Yeah. Andrew, it's a pleasure to have you. It's For sure. so exciting to have you. Andrew's going to be back on. Uh, we have a lot more to talk about. And uh, he has to get off to his, his next, next adventure, which is... Yes, Native American know, Connections. Native yeah. American Connections. That. So I wish everybody a blessed night. Uh, you are loved and I am blessed. And thank you very much, Andrew, for being part Ooh, of this. Yeah, thank you. Have a great night. Sweet.